It's a good show. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual Healing. So Travel Anderson wrote this really awesome piece for Out.com, which I think they're relaunching, incidentally. Yeah. Um, or they did, or whatever. Anyway. O- O-U-T or A-U-T? Like the A-U-T. Gay bar it's, a German, it's a German zine. Um, he wrote an article called, Why Do We Only Love Gender Bending When White Twinks Do It? Twinks meaning, obviously anybody who listens to this podcast knows, twinks are like thin wayfish dudes in the gay community and whatever. So... Uh, Travel wrote this really interesting piece about something that's happening a lot lately, which is this um, this this heralding of a new era in which twinks are <laughs> like the the. You the, can be gender bending, but you have to be good looking and white. Yeah. yeah so like there are these people. There are people who have shown up to like events. Uh, Ezra Miller, Raviv. I don't know who Raviv Omen is, but like Nico Tortorella too. I I, I worked with him before. <laughs> And he, these are guys who are, you know, traditionally, like, attractive guys. You yeah. know, they are. And they have taken to really just taking a deep dive into, like, gender bending and, mm-hmm. like, eschewing all labels, which by itself is a awesome and, you know, thing, yeah. ga- groundbreaking uh, choice to push the narrative. But Travell wrote in this article, he goes, uh, and just like that, we have another white twink-like body champion as a paragon of our genderful, genderless, and gender-fluid future. The masses of social media never seem to keep the same energy when the femme body isn't taught and Caucasian. Um, And, you know, he talks about how there's a void of, like, different bodies when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, And it's just, it's so true. It's it's just been a real thing lately where people are like, oh, my God, Ezra Miller wore, like, a a dress or whatever. Or, like, Nico Tortorella is dressed like Lisa Bonet. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like, it's it's become, I think the the message has gotten, I think what he's saying is also the the message has gotten too mixed up in the messaging. I think... When, when this came, when you sent us this, I think you texted it to us, um, and I mentioned it to Michael. I his first reaction was, "What well, dumb?" Because it's not a twinks. Twinks being white is not a new thing. Like white people doing anything gets press. So, like, we should say Michael not is your boyfriend, but also a, a designer. Yeah, that's true. Yes, he's a designer, and he's not. Yeah, white. Alan, Alan, you gotta give. Background. Damn it. <laughs> well, no, but, Michael's but, very attuned into this yeah, world. He's very attuned in this world, but he's also not white, which I think right. is a perspective that is also part of this. And he was saying that it's not a new thing for twinks to be getting news and be gender bending. White people doing anything somehow <laughs> right. becomes news. They're the hero. And yeah. It's, it's right. constantly that. So it isn't so much this issue is somehow shocking. It's like, why aren't we talking about different types of people in general absolutely doing you know, everything uh, i was i was actually uh you know believe it or not in my notes i had a very similar note which was which was like uh, of course it's annoying i completely get it but like that's just kind of how our society has worked for a long time yeah but, i mean we are white people are still the majority so you know they get a lot of attention mm-hmm. and there are more of them quote unquote than than other groups uh so in that sense i can i i guess fundamentally it makes sense yeah, yeah but i will say there also are 
you know, just because I'm sure like some non-white gender bending major people in industries are probably like, well, I've been gender bending for I, years. Right. I've been and, doing this forever. And no, and no one notices. Exactly. And it, and it is because there's a there's a bias in press for white people. But you look at like the makeup artist. You guys probably don't know him, but the makeup artist Patrick Starr, who's like. Jeffree Star? Patrick. No, who, I, he meant Jeffree Star. Oh. No, well, Jeff, Jeffrey Star as well, but he's white. That's the only one I know um, about. I think his name's Patrick Star. I forget, but he's a he's a larger, very sort of gender nonconforming. He's a huge makeup artist. You have um Michael Michael Johnson Strahan. No, yep, uh, Magic John. Johnson's kid. I forget his oh, name. E- but yeah, he's EJ. a designer as well, EJ? like a media person, and he's very much you know gender nonconforming. And he so, is very cool. Yes, mm. he's but you amazing. have so there are these people who deserve. News. They yeah. deserve to be covered just but, as but, much as Ezra Miller. But do they? I mean, do, does someone does does that? Is that warranting of news? Well, not that they're doing it, but that they are a person Applauded. of note. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a the same. Kid. I mean, yeah, frankly, yeah, yeah. this makeup right. artist. I don't think his name is Patrick Stewart. It's Patrick something. And uh, Patrick Stewart is Patrick like, Stewart. But that that they're they're on the same level in terms of success. This yeah. that makeup artist yeah. probably has so much more money Notoriety. than all of these dudes right. combined. Well, Travell, he said in the article, he said society's infatuation with how gender fluidity manifests on their bodies is an actual disservice to actual yes. non-binary people who endure violence for similarly yeah. living out loud. But to without without also without apology, there's no apology there. That's just how they're living. It is that's Patrick just, Star, by the way. Sorry, Patrick Star. But that's yeah. just like what they're doing. But they don't get. To me, I think there is some sort of revelry when I see the coverage of the celebrities doing it. That does feel to me like it's a. It's not tone deaf, but it it it's um. There's privilege to it that I find a little annoying. There, yes, I do think there's privilege, but there's also like. An annoying part of me that's like, why are we even, why does, why are we even cover? Like, it really is oftentimes, a lot of times, like, gay outlets that are covering, like, look what Ezra Miller wore to the Harry Potter premiere. these people are. He's an actor. Yeah. Um, but look at what he wore to this premiere, because he wore, like, a really dramatic sort of genderless outfit that mm-hmm. y- you could say is feminine, but it really wasn't. It was like a mix. And generalist outfit makes me think of Star Trek. <laughs> it was, say? It like was very Star Trek. Star Trek-y. <laughs> yeah. It was. Um, but... He got a lot of attention for it. And it's like, well, why do we even need to write an article about what someone wears? Yeah, in that Travel capacity? Wrote, I'll quote Travel. He says, if I roll my see, so if I roll my eyes every time another cis, white, twinkish, or straight passing person is deemed toxic masculinity's greatest foe or courageous for being feminine public or on set, give me a break. It all it ain't always easy doing the work when others get gold stars for just showing up. It's so it is true. Yeah, it's it's pretty, very true. Yeah. But it's also I think I think Michael's point, well, the point you're making is true that like it's not just because they're gender bending; it's because they're white. Yeah, it's it's this is an article that should be. I mean, that he's using gender as a as a means to have a larger conversation about race, but like it really is because the press loves covering white people. When the recent uh, young girl who was kidnapped in Wisconsin, Wisconsin I think, yeah. and and she, thank God, was found and and she's safe now, but. This the CBS 48 Hours did a special on her, and it was so interesting because they're doing this special and sort of her being found. And then when they did the commercial breaks, they showed black and uh, Hispanic children who are missing because they're so often not covered. You yeah. think about all the famous yeah. cases oh, of gnarly. kids, kids who are kidnapped, Holloway. and they're all fucking white. No, thank God many of them, some of them are found, and, they, 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 yeah, and some of them unfortunately aren't. And it's horrible when any kid is kidnapped, but it, there is such a fucking bias mm-hmm. on how we cover news yeah in race absolutely i mean that's why i mean it's a, it's odd to bring r kelly back into this but the idea 
people are saying like the reason that it's been avoided and ignored for so long and just sort of like you know thrown away and and really discarded is because it's all about black girls yes all the girls all the people who are uh uh at his will who Mm -hmm. are like as a result of his Mm -hmm. horrifying scary creepy ways are black girls and people just care about them less and that's the way the three girls that were kidnapped for like 10 years in that house and I yes. forget where. Cleveland? Um, somewhere, I Cleveland. think. Yeah, yeah and Ohio somewhere. They they barely did an, a search, whereas you have, I mean, and, and there always should be a massive search for any kid who's missing, but like, because these girls were seen as sort of troubled and delinquents, they probably ran away. Uh, do you ever think Nancy Drew gave a shit about anybody who was missing who wasn't white? <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about Nancy Drew. I never read Nancy Drew. Oh, my God. Not Nancy Drew. Nancy Grace. I, know, oh. I was going to say. Nancy. I don't know. I never I, read I, Nancy I, Drew. I, I, Nancy Kerrigan. some diversity, right? I, think, I don't. I, think, I would say I think no. she did. Yeah. There were some cases. I mean, I, I, my old roommate used to watch Nancy Grace a lot. Um, <laughs> so did, so did Brent. So really? Noah, uh, yeah. Noah loves uh, uh, Nancy yeah. Grace. But I don't know. I Nancy don't, Drew. I, I, I was like, I'm more of a boxcar children. <laughs> yeah, guy. I love boxcar children. <laughs> Nancy's a oh, beast. I wanted to be I one. still have some. I wanted to be a runaway. Yeah. Like with a boxcar children. They're I wanted so to get badly. kidnapped so badly as a kid because I knew I would survive and I would come out famous on the other end. <laughs> You're like Katie Beers. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen from Spaceplex, Long Island's biggest mystery aside from like who who shot yeah, Mary Jo but a few her uncle, her creepy uncle, just like took her and then made oh. a dungeon, a soundproof dungeon. Ooh. Did she survive? No. Yes. Oh, she did. Yeah, he turned himself in after she twisted his thinking into thinking that she was sick. How many years oh. was she gone? She was gone for three months. Oh, amateur. don't you dare <laughs> minimize Katie Beers. <laughs> Not even joking. I'm so excited to introduce our next guest. You did actually my podcast out on the Lanai, oh, Girls did. Podcast. And right now, guys, Alan, we have Roz. Alan, could you edit out the name of his podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we have Roz Dresvelez. Hi, Roz. Welcome, hey. Roz. Now, Roz, you guys, has done Golden Girls Live, which Elliot and I are big, big oh, fans of. Big fans. Here. You've been on BuzzFeed. You also had like a, a Google commercial you were on, which I was did. like, I, I was my, in a Google my, commercial. Michael saw you on the commercial and he was like, is that? And then we had its double take. It was a it was a whole moment. Oh, it cool! Was a wonderful moment. Are you in but, drag in it? I am. Oh, yeah. cool! Yeah, Fun. yeah, yeah. Roz is a wonderful drag queen. Is here Dress in Los for Angeles. Les uh, a sp- Hispanic? It's, it's traditional okay, Hispanic. Got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I literally say that in my act. Actually. I do wish there were more like drag queen names that sounded vaguely ethnic, and then you're like, then you get the joke. Roz Dress for Les. Oh, Ross Dress for Les. Uh, yeah. but I like Dress for Les. Dresfale. I love it. <laughs> but uh, you have a podcast on this network. Oh, yeah. A new podcast. I know. On Starburst. I've been working insane. on it. No one's heard it yet, but I swear <laughs> it's good. Ghosted by Roz Dresfale. Yes. And it's not about dating. It's about ghosts. It's about real ghosting. Wow. Real wow. ghosts. Like, honest to God, like, boo. Yes, paranormal activity. Do you, oh. Are you a ghost hunter? Yeah, you know, I've done it over the years. Wait, how do you do it? Yeah, what do you mean? You've, you've hunted ghosts? You know, there's the... Yes, Is there an online guide? Um, <laughs> there's... Well, there's equipment. There's different things. Like, have you ever heard of an EVP? 
No. no. Okay. EVP. <laughs> you guys have seen those shows at some yes, point, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. I've it's seen always the shows. like a night vision, yes. and it's lots yes, of people like something of. touched they me. They have celebrity and ghost hunter or something, right? Celebrity ghost stories, which stories. are amazing. I love that yeah, show. Yeah, it's no longer show. on the air, but oh, it's like my favorite oh, show of all time. Yeah, tragedy. So those kind of, go- but that's not a go- that's more of a storytelling show, yeah, which mm-hmm. is what my podcast is. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question about ghost hunting. Um, and to tie it in with the podcast, there is a thing called EVP, which is electronic voice phenomenon, which is when you can record on a device, you'll say, who am I speaking to? And then a lot of times on the TV shows, they'll play it back and it'll be like, and they're like, it said Daniel. Right. Yeah, right. Wow. And so I play a game on my podcast called EVPs or EV please. And so I have <laughs> various options of what you might have, like what these ghost hunters caught yeah. and what we think that they might have said. Well, no, can I ask you a question? Please. Because I don't want to offend you here, but I'm not oh. a believer in ghosts. That's okay. So what have you, have you, did you have like an intimate experience? Not intimate like hand job. I mean, like, did you have, did you have sex did with a ghost? See, did you see a ghost? Like what got you started on this? Or do you also just think it's kind of fun? I think it's fun. I, I, well, I love the, the intersection of spooky and funny always. Yeah. Um, cause they're just my two favorite things. And so I just thought it was such a fun idea because I've always been such a believer in ghosts and I have had a lot of experiences that I cannot explain. Mm. And I love to hear ghost stories. Whether, I mean, even yeah. if it's not true, it's like I watch a horror movie and like I know it's CGI, but I'm yeah. still like, this yeah. is a fun idea. Wait, what's your favorite ghost yeah. story? Yeah. But I happen one? to believe it all. Can you yeah, share we need a ghost know. story that happened to you? <sighs> yeah, I probably, um, shouldn't tell you too much that's fair save it for the podcast yeah save it for the podcast (laughs) but my give us a teaser definitely here's the teaser to the teaser because there's going to be a teaser episode where i tell my best ghost like one of one of my most like yeah uh, teaser works the so i had just the tip I am the bargain bin beauty, Ross Dress for Less. And yes. so I do a lot of shopping at thrift stores. And sometimes I see things that I just feel like I need. I just I just can't imagine someone else having it. And I saw a Ouija board that was like 60s, super retro. I was like, this is cool. It had the little piece inside. It was mm-hmm. like mint condition. $1. I said, $1, you're mine. Yeah. So I took it home and things started happening. What happened? What oh, happened? you can't tell oh. us. Well, you can't tell You'll us. have to tune into Ghost. <laughs> By Ross Dressless. It's Starburn's audio. I'll just say, you think you've had bad roommates. <laughs> wow. Alan, but you you actually are a believer, right? In ghosts? Oh, yeah, I'm totally a believer. Tell in the ghosts. one, because we were talking about this uh, a week ago. Yeah. Tell the. Um, so I, so my, <laughs> I'm related ridiculous. to the first woman ever legally executed in the United States. <laughs> Her name was Mary Surratt. And she was executed for assisting John Wilkes Booth in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Stop it. She was later proven innocent. But. My mother, sexy, sexy, yes. My mom thinks because our family, we might just be filthy, but we also are like followed by like those fruit flies. You know what I mean? Wherever we <laughs> yeah. go, like whatever place we're staying in, hotels, homes, fruit flies somehow make their way to us. <laughs> Welcome and, to being a drag queen, honey. <laughs> Ew. And my mom thinks that that's Mary Surratt coming to us. <laughs> fruit my flies? Mom, my mom thinks being haunted yeah. by fruit flies. My mom thinks oh, we're haunted I by fruit flies by Mary so Surratt. Much more now. Which I mean, and my mom oh. is. A big believer in ghosts. She oh, thinks I love she mom. thinks that when my grandpa died in our house, so we had just moved into this house in St. Louis, and it was '97, and he died like a few months after that. And we he, we brought him into our house to because it was a comfortable place for him to die. And my mom swears that night she had a conversation with him. 
Okay, well, that's, that's a dream, but okay. No, she said she wasn't <laughs> sleeping. She, exactly. she literally had a conversation. Here's my whole thing about all of it. This is just my personal feelings about it. It could be real. It could not be real. I certainly am not an expert. That's why the show is... Part of what the show is is me trying to figure out these things. Yeah, what yeah. is real? What isn't real? Yeah. I want to talk to more experts. I like hearing people's experiences of this stuff. But when I just sit there and sometimes I'm like, is this stuff real? I'm like, well, it's just... It's fun to believe that it could be, so why not just believe it is? Yeah. You know, believe you know in, oh, one, sorry. one of my big regrets, not regrets, but I wish so badly that I believed in ghosts because a lot of times I miss mystery. The, like, you're, you know, you're growing up. Yeah, childhood. Yeah, the, childhood. The, the, I remember when I would grow up, if I would look at the sky at night, I was afraid to look at the sky because I was afraid I was going to see a UFO. Mm-hmm. And now... As an adult, you're like, that's so dumb. I'm such an idiot. I wish I had sort of mystery and mystique still in my life. Because I don't. And it's almost the same thing as like, you know, you can't get lost anymore because of your phone. And sometimes I'm like, I I actually kind of want to get lost. I want to get helplessly lost without my phone. Yeah. Just to see what it feels like again. You know? The closest I get to believing in ghosts is I watch Long Island Medium. <laughs> Long yes. Island Medium. Right. But I wouldn't I don't watch any other medium show. I don't watch any other ghost shows. The reason I watch Long Island Medium is because I'm the from nails. there. Well I'm from there <laughs> and I'm, I'm fascinated nails. by how real it is because I know that all the people that she's talking to are not actors. Mm-hmm. I can just I can look at them and know and they the way they look, their clothes, their teeth, their accents, like they're not actors. It's like you'd have to be so well trained and exactly. never work again. Exactly. Because, yeah. That's yeah. A, 100%. And she's not somebody who I would say is particularly bright. I think she'd probably say herself she's not she didn't go to college like she's she's not particularly well read, but she clearly has this thing, this gift that is astounding. And yet I, I have trouble believing and anything otherwise, but that is the show where I'm like, when I believe it, when I do actually believe that it's happening, my questions are then like, what are we talking about here? People die and do what? They they become ghosts on the other side at the age at which they died. What are they? Where well, are they says living? She's what not are they talking to ghosts? She says she's, she's talking, talking to spirits, spirit, right? Which is a very different thing because ghosts imply sort of a they're living amongst us. They're they're kind of they're in this the space in which we are sharing with them. I mean, at the Whereas, end of the day, it's all words. Yeah, I think it's yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, there definitely is energy attached to human beings. I think we we all recognize that whether you are a believer or not of of ghosts typically I, I'm not going to speak for anyone but I think that you can definitely if someone comes in with a bad energy you're like damn okay you can feel it you can feel it and so where does that go when the human vessel is gone so it's, there's many beliefs that it stays or it goes on I mean I don't know I yeah. really don't know but um, I think we're reincarnated yeah I really do because I don't think there's like if if whenever someone dies, a baby is born somewhere in the world or something is born somewhere in the world, for me, if you believe that you have a soul, well, then the soul has to go like I feel like it has to bounce to a new thing, like we're always just living and working, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and like when you die, you immediate there's no rest, there's no like you get a night off, no, you immediately go into like a fruit fly i i still i I used to daydream when I lived in New York of taking um 
a road trip and staying at only haunted bed and breakfasts. Ooh, mm. brother. For like a week. That's great. You should. Of course, of course I would do it in in the fall, you know. My brother my brother got married at a at a place a, a brewery in St. Louis that's that's called the Limp Mansion Brewery and the Limp family had PBR this beer brewery. and there was a lot of death and murder within that family so during the Halloween Well, their time, last name is Limp. I know, right? They they during Halloween it's a big it's a big haunted house, but my yeah. brother decided to get married there which I I thought was the coolest thing ever. I love dead things. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, Ellie, do you have a ghost story? Oh. No, I don't. I've never seen, felt. You never yeah. felt something? No. And I and honestly, like Brent, I kind of wish I did. I was dating a guy who moved into like a. Wait, uh, are you gay? Is this a gay thing? Yeah, some <laughs> of us are. Yeah, yeah. slightly. Yeah. Uh, he moved into a like a roommate situation in like a bigger house somewhere in like the hills or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said he moved into the room where people were. He is, he's literally like ex military, like very cut and dry, just like a, like a salt of the earth kind of dude. And he was no, no like spirituality or anything like yeah. that. He said, like, he was like, I woke up and like the, he said, the closet door, I watched the closet door move by itself. Yes. And he's like, there's no wind. He's like, there's no wind. There's no wind happening. There's no cross breeze. Yeah. And then he says, uh, in the dark, he said he saw a fucking silhouette. Yes! And he was like, what the fuck? And so then the next, in, subsequently, like, he had just moved in, and in the following, like, week, people that he'd met who were, like, stopping by the house were like, oh, you live in the haunted room. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's, this is a guy who was, who was in the fucking Marines, and he's now, God bless him, sleeping with the lights on. Well, I'm sleeping with the lights on after the interviews that I've had lately. Really? I've had yeah. a couple of these interviews that are coming up that like really shook me to my core. Wow. I've been I've it's really changed me. I'm like this fun thing and then well, I'm wait. like what did I sign up here's for? A, but yeah. here's a great question then. This is a great question. I'll be the Should judge we? Yeah, well, let's see. You're really building it up. It's an important question. Okay. Why should we be scared? Of these ghosts, so no to speak. No one said we need to be scared. Well, well that Roz thing. is scared. Yeah. The guy Are I dated scared? is scared. You just said he's it scared. is that thing that is the same reason I think why. People are sometimes afraid of, of dolls or ventriloquist dummies or CGI. Sometimes CGI humans are, ooh, that's creepy. Or, or drag queens, even. Or drag queens. Because yeah. they look human, but there's something that's not human. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's it's still off. It's yeah. like, you know, a Uncanny doll, Valley. A doll Uncanny is Valley. dead in yeah. the eye. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that going on where you see, if you see a ghost, you're kind of like, oh my God, this is so weird. Like, I can feel that that's a person, but it's yeah. not there. And then it just yeah. evaporated. Like, well, I've also I also can say that like as a Jew I mean this is this sounds like it could be going anywhere but like as a Jew I've encountered people in the world who genuinely truly wholeheartedly and earnestly believe that we have horns in our heads and that we hide them that we hide the horns in our heads that Jews do yes yes, yes. and it's the most astounding thing because it's like you're a fucking idiot but also yeah. like not only you're an idiot you believe like you think that we stand on this like earth together and I have horns in my head? Like, uh, I, well, and, and so I, to me, that is sort of is relegated to the same world where I'm like, I don't think everyone's an idiot, but I can believe that peop- that you can get well, to a point where you want to believe in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> fantasy. The, the ability to, ex- to, to, uh, uh, to, to reach into your imagination and let that, in, you know, let that impede your I, logical understanding believe, of the world. I believe in energy. 
And I believe, like, whenever I, I'm a big history person. I love visiting historical places and going places that have are just steeped in history. And whenever I'm at a place, I remember during like a previous trip to Israel, going and visiting different things. It wasn't a religious necessarily energy that I was getting. It was more like. So many people for so many years have visited this spot. What has happened? I've heard the same thing what about vis- Israel. Yeah, but it's not even just Israel. It's no, like, I know. It's any space any, like any space like that where you know that there's something Toledo, Ohio. There, there's something historical that happened there that makes you feel something. It's like, it's like I feel that way in Hollywood all the time. Yes, really. Yes, there's so yeah. many spots in Hollywood that are like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So I think that. There's many different reasons why people are visited by ghosts. There's lots of different reasons. I think that often what people say is you have to be open to it. Mm -hmm. And yes, I think that is a thing. And for me, I was raised Catholic. And Catholics, it's like from a young age, you're like, Happy Easter! You know, (laughs) Jesus, he was brutally murdered. We threw him in a cave and he came back from the dead. Enjoy your eggs! And so I like always had that in my mind, like that ghosts and resurrections. Yeah, religion has such a such a strong... I I mean, religion probably is part of a huge part of what... Jews aren't like that, though. No, Jews are just like Jews are like, you uh, die. Doubt. D- you die and like, and throughout religion, it's like, uh, you know, question everything. Yeah. Whereas like with other types of religion, especially like Catholicism, I think it really feeds into fantasy in a way that, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm quoting my therapist here, he would call it delusional. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, maybe a lot of this stuff is delusional. Who fucking But it's more is. fun than Catholic. It's more you know, fun than you like. You actually said something, yeah. Elliot, that reminded me because I... This isn't about ghosts per se, but it's about UFOs. Mm. I had two, actually three, very good friends who I would trust with my life who were smoking on their balcony in Brooklyn way years ago. What were they smoking? They were smoking, <laughs> I do think, cigarettes and weed. But they saw, a, they saw a UFO, and they described it basically as you've heard a million of these descriptions. Flying saucer. And this was just all of a sudden on a Sunday, these two, three people that I trust deeply and have never embellished or lied a story for no reason are like I'm not saying it was an alien but we saw what has been described as UFOs something unnatural and then we found a message board uh, like a Brooklyn message board that other people saw the same thing that night I mean that's the best when there's a shared experience that validates you it validates you but then you're like it's for the first time kind of like what you're saying about the ghost story with someone who you trust you're like I have to believe this. I have to believe this it's person. It's not just some loser right. on some, uh, conspiracy you know, some, some conspiracy theorist show on like Discovery Health or whatever. It's like, oh, these are my good friends who have never lied to me who are saying I saw a UFO or I saw a ghost. And then it makes you say, well, I guess I have to yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, the story goes, my grandmother... Uh, she had a long uh, struggle with cancer, and she was in the house uh, as she was dying. And once she had passed, I was six years old, and I'm one of the youngest grandchildren, and I lived in that house, and I felt like she didn't really get to spend as much time with me as other people. Mm-hmm. And so I started to smell the smell of my grandmother in the house. And then I eventually was visited by her spirit, and I also as I got older into high school and stuff, she was still around and I would do, you know, bitchy high school teenage things where I'd yell at my mom and then all of a sudden something would flip off the counter and I'm like, oh shit, sorry grandma. Um, so I, st- I, I developed at a very young age this 
like ability to recognize when there's something present that I can't explain. Yeah. And a lot of times we just say, "Oh, what a coincidence! That's yeah. crazy." Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a little bit beyond that. And so for me, I've been able to recognize that, and I think that it's somehow I don't know what it is. But I go to places, and I think ghosts go, "Oh, that person right there, they'll get it if I do something." <laughs> Well, they always say that kids and animals yes. are most uh, uh, impervious. Imper- whenever, whenever my cat like looks at a weird spot on Ooh, the wall, I'm like, "What you. do you see? Okay, what I, do you I, see?" I, I don't have my own ghost stories, but I will. I will say this. <laughs> oh, here we go. Because you guys are both there for this. <laughs> Rented a house in Palm Springs for New Year's a few years oh, ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of us were outside at night. In the pool and hot tub, just drinking and chilling or whatever. I was wearing a cat suit, I think. I think you were, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My dog, who is very smart and and also has severe separation anxiety, so does really doesn't leave my side or my my. I'm not ever out of his sight. We were all outside, and he went to the back door of the house into at at the glass door. It was a glass door, like a Palm Springs, you know, um, ranch, and he started jumping around excitedly in a way that he does not do i mean he really doesn't do that and of course my sister was like demons and ghosts and i'm like i'm like i don't know what are you talking about like we thought maybe there's some sort of she, like she did go there oh yeah I she was like demons and ghosts, demons and ghosts or whatever and i was i still to this day i try i've tried to block it out but we did go look there was no one in the house oh there, there was, was nothing in moving house. in the house and he was Jumping in a way where I was like, this is, I mean, Could it have been like a bug or something maybe? No, I know him. I mean, I know my dog. There's no, there's no other reason. There's nothing, there's nothing that would, 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 you know, would, would draw him to be so excited unless, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. Your dog is literally begging for you to be a believer. He really is. He really is. Yeah. But anyway, it was such a. That was, I guess, my. That is my ghost story. I do have a question yeah. for you, Roz, though. It's a bit um, of a leap, but I'm yeah. terrified of aliens, so this that's is, my thing. This is probably one of the most important questions that we'll have for you. Do you remember on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills mm-hmm. when the medium was on? How could. The iconic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With the e cig. Uh huh, with the e cig. Which is why when, I'm addicted to one now, it's because of her. <laughs> when she went, I can tell you when you're going to die. In like a flippant sort of way, have you met people like that? I have not. Mm-hmm. No. Do you think you have a little bit of a medium in you? No, not at all. I I don't, and I don't want to claim to have that. I, Do you I, believe in that? Oh, I yeah. I've in spent mediums? lots of money in mediums. Really? I yeah. I and even that, I'm just like this is just entertainment. If if it comes down to it, because mm-hmm. I do have a logical side of me where I think I'm always convinced, and maybe it is a growing up gay thing. I don't know where I'm like people are gonna think I'm crazy. I shouldn't. Yeah. Do you, you know, <laughs> do you think gay people or queer people in general? might be more open to the idea of something else? I don't know because I think it's a spiritual thing more than a sexuality thing. <laughs> like only if it's hot. Only if the yeah, spirit's right. hot. Yeah. 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 Only My ghost is has a nice boner. <laughs> but here's what I Ellie's will say. trying to sit on all the ghosts. <laughs> I believe that a lot of creatives tend to believe, from my experience, tend to believe in um, paranormal experiences. Not everyone, but a lot of them do. Um, and I think that has to do with just having a creative mind. You're, yeah. you can, you're, you're very open to a lot of things. You're open to different kinds of people, different ideas. You have to take risks. I mean, you're also, a lot of people like around here, it's like, 
you moved from your hometown to a place where the odds are not good for you to <laughs> yes, make it. Right. You believe in the, some impossible right. shit, so why not believe in a ghost? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that that's and a lot of the the. Um, some of the biggest, you know, most successful creatives of all time have been queer people. So mm-hmm. I think, and also with queer people, I think you um, look through the world through a different lens depending on, you know, your life experience and growing up. And you've always kind of looked at things differently. You don't look at life in a traditional sense the way that straight culture tells us to look at it. And so you, that opens your mind to other non traditional beliefs. You. Yeah. You know? So maybe. If you but, could choose, like, someone to come back and haunt you haunt you or haunt haunt but not necessarily in a bad way just like come visit you eat everyone who would it be Wait, alive wait. or dead? Dead. Well, dead. I mean, so you're alive. saying you want someone to? Who would you choose to haunt you? Yeah. as a person. If you now? could choose a ghost to come visit you, who? I would mean, it be? B. Arthur. I don't even. Oh, need to say, yeah. I don't, <laughs> B. Arthur, without oh, a doubt. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think I was going to say? Uh, just some ghost with a big dick. Oh well, <laughs> in some circles, B. Arthur would, uh, <laughs> I would fill that. <laughs> fill that void. Would, this person isn't dead, but I would want her to come visit me because I feel like it would just be a good time. Gene Smart. From Jean designing Smart. women, oh, yeah. she's alive. I know, oh, but if she okay. was like, I would. I just kind of dead or alive. I want to hang out with her. Jean's the ghost of alive. Great. Jean yeah, Smart. I've talked to her before, but I've never met her. I only talked to her on the phone. And I she's, played her. I yes, I remember that. Women a couple months yeah. ago. Um, I I tell all my best friends like, let me know you're okay when it when you pass on. But choose one for us, please. Yeah. Well, like my best friend Sam Pancake, I've told him many times like, when you die, visit me. Um, but I also. <laughs> I mean, I've weirdly, it's a weird family thing, but I've had four grandmothers and they are all dead. And I never go on stage without just taking a moment backstage and being like, I address each four of the grandmothers, be with me. And because it's always like, it's always, I always be like, I'm so nervous about these lines or I'm nervous about this thing or the other thing. And everything's fine. Everything always is fine. Mm. And so, I mean, I don't physically see them or anything, but I just, it makes, it really makes me feel comfortable knowing that they're like with me. So, yeah. 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 And Brent, who would haunt you? Yeah, this is not the Susan Sontag. You gotta pick uh, one. Pick Susan one. Sontag. Uh, uh, Susan, Susan Sontag. Sontag. Uh, <laughs> do you really want Susan Sontag coming back to oh, she you? Oh, she would just berate you. Berate me for being too dumb. Why did you choose me? <laughs> ask yeah. me a different question. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not haunting you. You're haunting me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like Lizzie Borden would be kind of fun. You know, she's famously killed her family. You would Who? want a murderer to come back and haunt yeah, you? Yeah, why not? It'd be fun to ask him questions about the murder. That would be good. You could also ask murderers. Like yeah. um, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer would be a good person to come. Oh, you just think he's hot. I do think Jeffrey Dahmer is very like if, hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, see, I think this is what that's what threw me about the question. It's like, are we talking about someone who's a cool ghost? Whoever, is, like, it could be anybody. I, like I said, like, haunting doesn't have to be a bad thing. It could be a good yeah. thing too. Well, I want he, it to be a bad thing. It'd be Susan Sontag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. He needs to be miserable. Roz, yeah. thank where, you for where, doing this. Yeah, so thank much. you for doing this. Thank where can you. people find the podcast? Find you on the internet. When does it launch? Okay, so we're going to be coming out probably right when this comes out. Oh. Um, so it's called Ghosted by Roz Dressfiles. Mm-hmm. Please listen, tell your friends. Um, also, my dream since childhood is to be an Instagram celebrity. <laughs> so follow me um, at. Roz Drizfalez and um, I've got all the show dates and fun stuff coming up on yeah. there I want to say um, thank Boo for coming thank Boo thank and Land I'm trying land. to do a Boo like a Boo out. a Boo no thank keep this in please Boo please so well thank Boo for coming 
Light some sage and pop your popcorn. Drag comedian Roz Dresfales is getting spooky on Starburns Audio. Though far from an expert on the paranormal, Roz explores her curiosity of things that go bump in the night with celebrity guests, psychics, and everyday people. Roz Dresfales is a drag queen comedian, host, writer, and male actress known as the Bargain Bin Beauty. She loves to ask her friends to tell her a ghost story, and her guests have talked about shadowy figures visiting them at night, hearing doors slam, creepy voices, Voices and personal ghost hunting tales. Check out stories from Sam Pancake, Deborah Wilson, Celine Luna, and many more. Roz will also share her many personal experiences with the spirits, play fun games like EVPs or EV please, and read stories from listeners. Don't be scared. Subscribe now to be sure you don't miss a single episode on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And another thing. So, guys, when you were young, when you were we things, um, <laughs> we we things, we things, we young things. Does yeah, he yeah. have a grasshopper? Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, if when you were a kid, being gay was uh, certainly required some existential thought, yeah, even as right, a kid. Right. So, I was wondering what. As children, you thought of when you thought I'm of gonna gay. I'm going to start. I when when you when I saw this, I was so obsessed because I remember <laughs> taking a flight to Europe, and there was a flight attendant. This is 1994. His name was Gary, and I remember he was so gay, and I was like, "That's what a gay person is." Mm-hmm. It was literally the first exposure I had to gay people, and I was, you know, that like kind of weird. You're obsessed, but you're like you maybe secretly why. turned on, but you're kind of repulsed at the same time. I was repulsed by Gary, but I was still like intrigued <laughs> by him. And I just kept looking at him. I'm like, and I I couldn't forget. I never forgot his name. Yeah. His name is Gary. I'm not yeah. making that up. His I name was it. Gary. He's a flight attendant in 1994 on Lufthansa going to Germany. Maybe he's listening. Wow. And like, I was like, that's what a gay man is. I know as a kid for me, <laughs> my distinct, most distinct <clears throat> memories are of, I mean, this is so depressing, but like being at some museum in the city in New, in New York and I, I don't know what it was or what, what collection or museum it was in particular, but it was um, pictures, black and white pictures of oh, yeah. um, from the early 90s of gay, gay people in New York and it was in some sort of service to, you know, in, in remembrance of AIDS of some kind. But all I remember are these pictures where it was all these guys who had shaved their head. Like, they all had, like, shaved heads, earrings, t- uh, uh, short denim cutoffs, right. white T-shirts. And they were all, like, doing that gay hug that that gay men do, where like, in pictures or whatever, yeah. where it's, like, a hug from behind. Behind, yeah, yeah. yeah and, like, a yeah. caress. <laughs> And I just remember being like, "Oh, okay, like that's what that's what that is." I guess. Yeah. This very Funny. like cerebral and like thoughtful, you know, uh, um, almost like almost but sapphic, still butch, you know? kind of butch, kind of butch, yeah, yeah, kind of butch. That's interesting. See, I always, I always kind of, I didn't have a word for it for so. Many oh yeah, years. for sure. Neither did um, I. And I always felt a 
little bit queer. Like, I always felt very different and mm-hmm. very sort of, like, my tastes were very different. And the things I, my brothers, because I had these three brothers who were kind of lazy straight dudes. Like, they were just dumb. <laughs> and and they liked the dumb straight things that straight people are supposed to like. And I was just like, I'm going to read Shirley MacLaine books and, like, mm-hmm. Maya Angelou and watch the Golden Girls and Oprah. Yeah. And, and that was me. Chi- boxcar children boxcar with a boner. Ch- yes. And then I, uh, I, there were two incidents. One was I had this teacher... Uh, Mr. Parsons, he was my fifth grade teacher, and I really liked him, and he really liked me, and he let me do read books and things that I probably, like other kids weren't, so he knew I loved reading. And years later, I come back to my hometown, and it's a little bit different from you guys this was because you had access to New York, mm-hmm. some more queer identity. You lived in a pretty liberal mm-hmm. area. I did not at all, and there was no access to anything big. And I remember wanting to impress him, and years later, I came back, and I saw this truck at the gas station with a rainbow sticker on it, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. This was like 2000. <laughs> and... I uh, and then the guy came out and it was Mr. Parsons and it was his oh, truck. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's why I liked. That's Did you why say hi? Like, of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, and but the real moment that I knew what gay meant and that I actually kind of got excited by it was when the birdcage came out. And oh, right, you've talked about birdcage. The birdcage was so important to me because it was just like it, it just showed me the possibilities of being gay and being in a relationship yeah. and being theatrical and being a bit draggy and queer yeah, and yeah. sissy and all the elements that I wanted to be in my life. But did you understand it? I did because it was in the confines of a normal, traditional, monogamous relationship. But how old were you? I mean, how old were you at that it's time? Like 13. So did you under... I just mean, like, did you understand... The yeah, you I, got I, you got I, it. Of course, I'm I, talking more about. I'm just my references are a little bit more from when I was when it was still vague to me. See, I didn't, but I didn't have access to that, right? Because I was living in a very conservative small yeah. town that didn't really have much access to a big city like you did. We but, had a. But as as I got older, I will say my under obviously understanding of being gay shifted, and uh, I you can't in my mind you cannot talk about being gay in. The late '90s, early 2000s, without talking about frosted tips. Oh, for sure. And yeah. Abercrombie shirts. Oh yeah, yeah. And like it, I still, I, I when I see like frosted tips, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like I still have, I have like this weird, gross, visceral reaction. I feel like every picture in like any gay magazine that I would like steal from Borders, yeah, uh, or have gift wrapped, of by, course, by the cashier wrapped. because I was too terrified to buy. Uh, a, a gay magazine always had like dudes with frosted tips. And yeah, shit. yeah. I didn't. I, I we also had a family friend um, also named Alan. Mm. He was a um, uh, uh, a big old homo, mor- uh, a morbidly obese, uh, uh, very <laughs> effeminate guy. Stop talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's he lovely, and he's actually lost weight since, and he's he looks he, you know, but he Good he, for he, him. he didn't come out until he was. I mean, he really didn't come out until he was like. I think fifty, even yeah. though he oh, wow. he was like a bachelor in New York and yeah. um, always single. And anyway, so the the I knew him growing now you're up. Talking about me, <laughs> I, I knew him. I knew we, I, I knew him since I was a kid, and it got to a point where it was like the only like art he had like normal like art in his house or whatever in his apartment, but then he had in his pic, in his kitchen a non ironic framed like picture of Barbara Streisand in the most like the most like glittery the most she was like it was like everything was like sparkling on her yeah and I was just like I love Alan I just didn't get it I was just like not that I didn't I didn't feel one thing or the other about it but not having not having the language at that point I was just like 
Alan loves Barbara Streisand. Here's another interesting one. It's true. My dad, my dad, uh, he he went to college exclusively because of his aunt who paid for everything. Yeah. He was in the military, so he got some money, but like she paid for everything. She was a school teacher, but somehow like the lore in the family was that she had invested really well and she was just loaded and she paid for anyone to go to college if they wanted to. So he literally puts her aunt mary on a pedestal on beyond i think anyone in his life outside of his family yeah and she had a roommate her entire life who we've met and visited and it's it was interesting because it was only after i came out that my brother and i like finally were like oh Oh aunt mary's a lesbian right she lived with this woman for 50 years and it was just never in in our it family, was language. My liberal, it, there was no language for it. But yeah, it, for yeah, you and your brother. Kind of, but it was it, literally we finally had the discussion in probably '05 when we were like, you know, Aunt Mary's a lesbian, and my dad's like, of course. Yeah, but he was he That's never so called her sweet. a yeah, lesbian. He never called her uh, Mabel his. Uh, sorry, he never called Mabel, who was Mary's quote fifty year fifty year right. roommate. He never his called aunt. him uh, her sorry, her. Her His aunt. <laughs> right, I know yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing yeah. a bad job. But, but it was interesting because, like, you could... It, it was weird. It's like, why don't just... Because it takes time. Honestly, it just takes time. It takes, like, you have someone like your dad who's open and accepting to someone like that. <clears throat> and then, even though they didn't have the language and they weren't allowed societally to say, I'm a lesbian, which she probably would want to at some point to be open right. and honest about herself, you still... I mean, on some level, it's kind of nice because it's like she was respected and loved and appreciated yeah. on a level that for something beyond just her sexuality. She wasn't just your lesbian aunt. She was the lesbian. She was the aunt that like was an integral part of or created my dad's of life. Creating your dad's yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Another this is like a deep dive just for super fans of this podcast. But like, honestly, I know we, we use Jim J. Bullock as a as a goof, <laughs> as, a, as a reference point. I want to get but, him on the podcast. I love what him. about Christopher I, Lowell? Uh, okay, well, Christopher Lowell was like a self-parody, I yeah, think. Yeah. He was the guy on—you remember him, mm-hmm. Alan? Yeah, he was like the very gay like home designer on right. HGTV or some shit. But Jim J. Bullock, who was on some 80s sitcom that I don't remember, yeah. One Day at a Time or something maybe? I don't yes. know. Anyway, he was someone who felt like a dog whistle to me in a lot of ways. In not, again, in not having the language, but there was something about him with his like— feminine earrings and his haircuts yeah. mm-hmm. and just the way that he spoke that was like there's something like I didn't even necessarily feel a connection to it but it was like there's something happening there mm-hmm. and that to me is like you know I'm in the same realm as like these yeah. I don't know I like it but I, I also think we it would be hard to talk about growing up in the 90s being gay without at least discussing HIV because I oh, feel sure. like oh of course it was yeah. it was so Hammered into you yeah. from just documentary after documentary from the from not know, even not even teachers, commercials like, commercials ever after if school you specials. are gay you will probably get HIV yeah. and then you also might die those yeah. painting and, those photos that I saw initially that I mentioned at the top those were all like in some way like in the in the world of like AIDS memorials yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was the art I don't know if, like if it was like an if the picture if they were in the the subjects and the pictures were at an AIDS thing, but on some level, but it was too, all like, wrapped all of up that, in it. Everything that was so inundating us with HIV and AIDS, in a weird way, 
and it sucked that it took all those people to die to do it, but it normalized being it gay totally did. in a way that forced people to accept it. In and a that's why sense. I want to take all the young all millennials. All we was a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take all the young, the young gay guys who just post memes of, of Mean Girls and Devil Wears Prada oh and shake them and <laughs> say, think about those who came before you. And then they laid the ground for you. Everyone after that, they would be like, you that old dude. Yeah, yeah. Old who's that? Crazy. Fuck that bitch. Stop sending me your butthole pic. I'm mean, like, know your history. They're like, fuck off, queen, or whatever. I don't know. Work queen. bitch. Actually, work bitch is a positive thing. What would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's episode? You know I'm a medium, right? <laughs> Is she? She claims she's a medium. Oh, that's great. Has and you then, let her read? She'll, she'll tell stories of how she had the same dream as someone else that night, but she'll tell the whole story. So she'll be like, oh, my daughter and I, she, we had the same dream last night. And before her daughter could say anything, she's like, yeah, let me, t- let me tell it, let me tell it, let me tell it. And then she's oh, just like, wow. basically... <laughs> Strong arms her way into the story. About That's she's great. It's, well, it's I know totally surreal. Aunt Joanne would say, "We don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> we don't believe in ghosts. We don't have fun." <laughs> Alan, what would Aunt Anne say? My aunt would say, "You know, I'm haunted by a ghost." My waistline from 20 years ago. Oh, that's Haunts good. me. Haunts oh, that's me. good. Fruit flies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. I am Brent Sullivan. I'm H. Fruit Fly Alan Scott. This podcast was brought to you by Starburns Audio, produced by Land Romo, and was engineered by Matt Brousseau. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.